In today's show, I'm going to be talking about tips to help you in a snake draft, which is the vast majority of fantasy drafts, what you need to do, what you need to avoid. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Now, fantasy drafts, they're... They're, they're a bit of time away, for sure. We're probably, you know, you, you probably shouldn't be doing a draft for another six to eight weeks. But I think it's good to get this show out of the way now because it can always be referenced later on. And I will reference this show plenty of times in the next two to two and a half months. But getting this show out of the way now. So you've got a baseline of what you need to be doing. So when we're doing the mock drafts, when you're participating in mock drafts, when you're participating in your own league drafts and, and participating in my mock drafts that I run on, on this show as well, you have these tips in your head. Again, we can always go back and revisit this show. So what it is, we're talking about snake drafts, whether that's category leagues, or whether it's points leagues. Some of these uh, yeah, things we're going to talk about won't be specific to points leagues just because the uh, the less complicated nature of those leagues. But the general principles around how to get the best out of your snake draft, how to make your draft day the most successful it can be in terms of what you need to do during that draft, that's what we're going to be looking at today. So let's start now. The number one tip for any draft, any draft, is know your rules. You have to know the rules of your league. You have to know how many teams are in your league. You have to know how many players are on each roster. 20-man rosters, 13-man rosters. You have to know how many bench slots you have. Do you have 10 active and 7 bench? Do you have 6 starters and 6 bench? You have to know if you have injury reserve slots. You have to know if it's a daily or weekly changes league. You have to know the draft order. Or if you don't know the draft order, you have to understand that you don't know the draft order and it's going to be randomized. So you need to make preparations um, for whatever situation can arise half an hour before the draft starts or an hour before the draft starts. You need to understand when the league finishes. When are your playoff dates? What are your playoff situations? You need to know what your categories are. You need to know what your scoring system is. You need to know if there's a trade deadline. You need to know how waivers are executed. You need to know if there's a games limit per week. You need to know if there's an acquisition limit per week. You need to know if there's an acquisition limit per season. If you're playing Roto, you need to understand, is it weekly or daily changes? Do you have a games limit per position? Because all of these things will actually change your draft strategy. It might not seem like it, but they absolutely will. All of these things will change your draft strategy, whether it's by half a percent, 10%. Like that is the things that can change based on all of those things. And there's other things that I haven't mentioned here. Like what are your positional limits? Do you have the asinine Yahoo, we must start two centers scenario? Because that changes the, the values of players. Do you have the asinine ESPN default where you can only have four centers on your roster? Because that changes the, the, the uh, approach to a draft as well. Do you have just all utility slots? Do you have very specific point uh, point guard, shooting guard, small forward? Do you have very restrictive position eligibility on your provider? You need, are you playing on sleeper 
and you have the format where it's points only and you pick one game per week. All of this is important to know because it does impact how you're going to be able to execute your draft. Um, the next point we'll get to is rankings and Z scores. Um, now, this is important to know. You know by now, hopefully, that I work for Basketball Monster. I run the main set of projections at Basketball Monster, um, and our projections, you come out and you know, I go through every team, every player, and I could be real wanky about it and say, yeah, it's uh, handcrafted, organic, bespoke projections. It's bullshit. I just go through every every player and just try and adjust what I think they're going to do in a context of the team and in a context of the league. Yeah, that's how it all works, right? But you need to understand, and I will say this forever, is that people will come and ask, hey, where do I find your rankings? You got any good rankings? Give me some of those rankings. Like people, people want rankings. Rankings... For a category league, in, in, in particularly in a points league, they have more value. But in a category league, they are relatively worthless. You head onto the Basketball Monster website, and you will see a page that says rankings. But I cannot stress this enough: rankings are for what has happened. We are ranking players based on what they have done. The rankings at the moment on the site are for what happened last year. Once the season uh, tips off. The rankings will be for what has happened in the season to date. It is not projecting what is going to happen. Now, we have a projections page that does that. But again, if someone comes in and they're projected as the number 20 player, then there's another guy projected at number 30. That doesn't necessarily mean that the 20th best player is going to be better for your team than the 30th best player. So if you just are going with a rankings list and drafting off a rankings list and going down that list and making selections off it, you will lose your fantasy league. It is, a, it is very, very much a simple fact that if that is the way that you approach it, you will lose. You may as well set your league to be an auto draft and just draft down that list because you will lose. That takes, they have no nuance in that whatsoever. You will lose. The way that our, our rankings are based, and people will ask this question, if you don't know what it is, I'm going to explain it. What are Z scores or Z scores or standard scores? Or that is how that is the basis of most fantasy basketball rankings, the basis of most fantasy basketball projections. This is for points uh, for category leagues, not for points leagues. Z scores have nothing to do with points leagues. Points leagues rankings are who do I think scores the most fantasy points, and then that player goes number one. Then who do I think scores the second most fantasy points? Then that guy goes number two. That is how points leagues rankings and projections work. In in category leagues, so it's very different because someone scoring eighteen points versus someone getting seven assists, versus someone getting two steals. Those numbers are all wildly different. But for example, an average in a league that rosters, say, 156 players, so you look at about 180 player sample size, which includes some injured reserve and, and you know, waiver churning, the average of, of, of points in a league like that is about 16 fantasy points. Oh, sorry, about 16 real-life points. It's about 1.63s. It's about six rebounds. It's about 3.7 assists. It's like 1.1 steals and 0.9 blocks with 48 and 79 from the field and from the line. Like they are the average numbers, right? So we know the average. So what a Z score does is tells you how far away your player is from that average score by using standard deviations. So a Z score of one, a standard score of one, means that that contribution is one standard deviation away from the average. So if we use the example of um, uh, points, where 16 is the average, 
and let's say that the standard deviation across that sample is two, if you score 18 points, you have a Z score of one. If you score 20 points, you have a Z score of two. If you score 14 points per game, you have a Z score of minus one. Then let's flip that over. Let's just make steals, say uh, the average of steals in that sample size is one. And the standard deviation is 0.3. Well, let's make it point, point 0.2, the standard deviation for steals. I don't know what it actually is. Let's say it's 0.2. So if you average 1.4 steals, your standard score is two, which is the equivalent of scoring 20 points per game. So that's, so that's how we standardize it. So that everything, even though the numbers are wildly different, we can say that someone averaging 1.4 steals has the equivalent value of someone scoring 20 points per game. And that goes the same through all of those categories. And then to get projected ranks and where they where they fit, we add those numbers together and you know divide it and give you an overall standard score value. But again, that's just giving you a number based on multiple categories put together. But if someone's value, Miles Turner, Jimmy Butler, is wildly skewed by one category, blocks for Turner, steals for Butler, and they have a standard score of 4.5, which I think Turner's number was for his... Um, for his blocks, let's have a look. I'm going to bring that up now because he blocked like you know, three and a half shots per game. Um, yeah, that that's great. But if everything else is then a negative, then overall that big, big Z score number that Turner provided in blocks is great, but it does overinflate his value. His Z score actually was 5.24. Just so over five standard deviations away from the mean he was with blocks last year. Um, and then, yeah, he's got, Below average points, below average threes, below average assists, below average steals, below average field goals, below average free throws. The only other category he was a marginal positive in was was rebounds. And he ended up as the 28th ranked player because that one category boosted his numbers through the roof. So it's important to understand how rankings, how projections, how overall value is determined. When you come in, you see Miles Turner ranked 28th and you go, I've got to take him 28th or 30th or 34th when it's really one category that's doing the heavy lifting. And as I say all the time, if that number goes from 3.4 blocks down to 2.5 blocks, then the 5Z score moves down to a 2.8Z score and he drops 30, 40 spots in the rankings just like that by losing half a block a game, for example. That's really important to understand. It's also important to understand just how important mental health can be. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helps you sleep, focus, act, and be better? Well, there is. If you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. At this time of year, I'm swamped by projections and writing articles and getting ready for the fantasy season. I need to make sure I take time to really um, you know, to alleviate that stress and get my focus back. And Headspace is a great way to do it. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal that's offered right now. So go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I love Bilt Bar. It is a great mid-morning snack for me when I'm looking for something delicious yet healthy. And they come in unbelievable flavors. My favorite at the moment is white chocolate uh, raspberry cheesecake, which isn't actually available, but cookies and cream, goat, orange, raspberry, coconut, strawberry, all of these flavors, excellent. There are nine standard flavors and they are always bringing out special edition flavors. And if you don't know what your favorite is, 
get on that by buying a mix box. 18 bars, nine flavors, two of each, and you get to try them all. But it's not just flavor. It's not just the taste because these are healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein in the bars. The calories range from 130 to 180 and just four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, the next thing we need to talk about here, team builds. Again, this is more category league based than uh, than points league based, but it is very important to have a look at the way you're building your team. And I'll use this example um, a, a lot, but if you're drafting someone, say, by the name of James Harden, wherever you're drafting him in the first round, almost undoubtedly, um, and, and you draft him in one of his best categories, his free throw percentage, that might actually come down this year because of the crackdown on uh, on bullshit foot fouls. So uh, James Harden, Trey Young in particular, will probably lose a little bit of their free throw percentage impact. But say you draft James Harden, right? And that's great. So your free throw is already off to this, this fantastic start. It's his best category. You've got good points, good assists. Now, you might look at that and go, well, I've got good free throws, so therefore I feel more comfortable taking um, the big fella, Rudy Gobert, in the next round. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Or you might feel comfortable taking LeBron James or taking Zion Williamson or taking Ben Simmons. Because you know, or Harden, Harden's got this great free throw uh, percentage, so he can um, he can deal with this this issue. Same with Damian Lillard, like another great free throw guy. Like we can look at all these um, these free throw percentage guys and go, well, you know, if I add then if, then if I add these other guys, they can balance it out. But w- what's the point in that? So it is yeah, really important that someone who drafts, say, in the first round, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Or Luka Doncic, who are already way behind the ball in uh, the eight ball in free throws, like th- those guys might be like, "Well, I can't afford to get worse in free throws." Where to me, it's the opposite, right? You need to be looking at w- each pick that you make is going to be predicated on what happened before and what could happen after. It's not a it's not a vacuum type situation. So, looking at what your team looks like, are you really strong in free throws, and do you want to hurt that by adding Zion onto your team? Are you really good at field goal percentage? And then you want to hurt that by adding, say, a Fred Van Vliet, who might shoot under 40% this year. Now, do you want to take those hits or do you want to start building on your strengths? And I think build, that's one of the things I think is really important is building on your strengths in a draft. It's not just taking guys and hoping it balance out. And that's where Z scores come in because you can see how much of an impact these things have on each other. And if you end up with a Z score combined by putting Zion Williamson alongside uh, Damian Lillard in free throws, then you're just back middle of the pack. So what's the point? Like middle of the pack's fine, and you can build it up later on with some more free throw guys. But if you've got a guy who's got a massive head start in that category, you tend to want to build on that to a degree, and you can neglect it later on, but you also don't have to torpedo that number. Positional scarcity, and I'll bring up the other one as well, categorical scarcity, the two scarcities. That's important to know. In almost, almost inevitably, in rounds two, three, and probably four, a bunch of point guards will go off the board in fantasy leagues. De'Aaron Fox... Lamelo Ball, Chris Paul, Trey Young, Fred Van Vliet, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, D'Angelo Russell, Dejounte Murray, Russell Westbrook, Kyle Lowry. These guys will all go in those first four or five rounds. 
you will get a lot of um, a lot of point guards go off the board. Now this year, to me, it's not quite looking as dire as it has in the past in terms of that run of point guards that often happens between round three and round four, where with 24 picks, you might have 15 of them be point guards come off the board. It's not quite looking like that to me at this point. Drew Holiday, another one there. But you've got to look at that when you're you're heading into your snake draft and go, well, shit, I'm picking here at pick 30, then I don't pick again till pick 46. And maybe there are five point guards or, or guards in general or six that I want that could run off the board. So I might need to actually reach for one. So I might look at a, a Devin Booker who you know, barely finished his top 50 player last year. But hey, there's a chance and you've got to weigh in projections and last season's rankings and ADP as well to understand where they go. But if you've got to wait 16 picks, then there might be seven point guards that smash off the board and then you're left with not much. And then you're having to rely upon a rookie in Jalen Suggs or you're taking um, a Colin Sexton or a Darius Garland or whatever it is later on. And you may not be comfortable with doing that. So understanding by looking at ADPs, looking at projections, where the runs on positions happen. There's a big second to third round run, I think, that's going to happen on centers this year as well. And fifth round run where you get your Capellas, Rob Williams, Miles Turners, um, Gobert, Rishon Holmes, um, uh, Nurkic, Aiton, Valanciunas. Those sort of guys are all going to go in that three to five range as well. So you might get a big point guard and center run and understanding that. And the same goes with categorical scarcity. If you're looking for the points category, it goes early. All of the big points contributors go pretty much in the first, say, 25 to 30 picks. If you're looking for three-pointers, you get them late. A lot of your high three-point guys are late in the draft. So you, you can find a Devontae Graham or a Sadiq Bay. You can find a Malik Beasley, Duncan Robinson, uh, Timmy Hardaway. These sort of guys can be found late if you're looking for threes. Rebounds are an interesting one. There's normally a sweet spot between, say, round six and nine where a lot of the rebound guys go. If you're looking to influence free throw percentage, a lot of those free throw guys go really early. And then there's a lot of them that go late. And field goal percentage tends to be like a four to seven round guy. Blocks are also, much like points, concentrated very early or very late. Points aren't concentrated late, but a lot of the block guys um, who don't hurt you in many categories can be found early. Towns, Embiid, um, uh, who else are we looking at there? Uh, Anthony Davis, um, yeah, Christos Porzingis in that mix as well. Rudy Gobert in that mix also. Yeah, John Isaac when he's back, Jaron Jackson, Robbie Williams. These are all like top 50-ish sort of guys that will probably go there. Maybe not Isaac. And then later on, you can find some block players like maybe it's a Brook Lopez. Maybe you can find a, um, a Jared Allen. You look for Mo Bamba perhaps as block guys late. But understanding what positions go at what area and what stats go at what area is really important. Yeah, points, blocks go off early. Assists go off pretty early. Threes, you can wait till later. Free throw percentage, the big guys go early, but you can also find some good guys later on. That's important to be able to understand as well. Value versus build. Now, this is one that I hear all the time. You see a guy who's ADP. Let's just pull a name out of the hat here and let's call it... Oh, which player should we do? Uh, let's do Russell Westbrook. You do Russell. I have no idea what his ADP is going to be, but I think he's going to lose a tremendous amount of usage. I think his assist numbers are going to drop this year. I think his rebounds will drop a little bit as well. Not that much, but he's he won't average a triple-double is what I'm saying. And he may not average 20 points per game. His ADP, now he was the second-ranked player in points leagues last year. I don't think he'll be that this year, but he'll still be a lot higher than he is in category leagues. So you, you might be in a league full of Russ haters who, or a league in a nine-cat league where everybody is shit scared of bad percentages and turnovers, which of course is Westbrook's real problem. And his ADP might be 18, for example. I don't know what it's going to be. 
And then it gets to your pick at number 25 and you pass on him. And you go, okay. Then it gets back to your pick again at pick number 48 in the fourth round. And Westbrook's still there. And you're going, shit. His ADP is 18. He's still available at 48. You know, the value is amazing. But if you've drafted a team that has really strong field goals, really strong free throws, um, you're punting assists, for example, and taking Westbrook actually makes you worse because it cuts into all of your strengths and doesn't help you in the areas you're weak in. This is just an example because he might actually help. uh, He might help you at that spot. But if all he's doing is you're doing it because you're drafting value, then... With, with that mindset, which a lot of people have, they go, all right, I'll just, it, it's value. I can't let him slide anymore. I'll just trade him later. How many times have you thought that or have you heard that before? I'll just, I'll get him and I'll trade him later. Same goes for waiver wire guys. Oh, I'll just pick him up and I'll just trade him later. If everybody is passing on a player, what makes you think that you can just trade them later? Why is that going to happen? If other teams wanted him, they would have got him. And he might have a hot streak where you can trade him for more value. But if your league has shown a distaste for that sort of player, they're not going to get swayed most likely by one or two games or a week's worth of performances. And if you do end up trading him, you'll probably end up trading him for a player that you could have drafted at pick 48 anyway, around that same value. And your league might be one of those leagues that just doesn't trade. There are plenty of leagues that have three trades go through for a season. There are leagues on the other side of the spectrum that are absolutely insane. And you get seven trades processed per week, which I reckon those guys might need to just have a bit of a look at themselves, to be honest, because that's that's too much. That's trading for the sake of trading, which is something that gets into, into a lot of trouble. And we will talk about that at some point in this offseason. But picking a guy just for value, just because I'm going to trade them later, I think really, really works out. It just it just isn't something that works out because again, if someone wanted those players, they would have taken those players. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing and you can track all of that action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, PGA Golf, NBA Summer League, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay, next thing we want to look at, must draft players. Let's throw the other one in here. Do not draft players. You will see these lists get bandied about on some fantasy basketball websites. You'll see it get bandied about on Twitter. You will see it ad nauseum on the fantasy basketball subreddit. Who are Who is the player you will not leave your draft without? Who is on your do not draft list? And any of you who have listened to me for a long time will know that the answer to both of these questions is nobody. Well, the answer you should have is nobody. Who is a must draft player? Absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody. Because it all comes down to value. I must get my hands on Derek White this season. Maximum Derek. Just quietly. I think White could be in for a big year. But anyway, I must get my hands on Derek White this year. Uh, That's fine. Derek White's ADP is 110. Your league goes, man, Derek White, you just must goggle on Josh Lloyd's nuts. He's shit. He's useless. Hey, why don't you give Josh a Dutch rudder for Derek White? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all hate him, right? His ADP is 110. 
And you go, nah, nah, kids, cover your ears. Nah, fuck this shit. Derek White's going to be a top 50 player. So if you, Derek White, I must have, I must leave this draft with Derek White. Well, that's all well and good. But you don't go, well, I've got to get him. So I've got to get him at pick 60 because I think he might be top 50. That's all well and good. Now, the way that I approach any draft is, is I would love getting Derek White at 110. I would love getting him at 100 or 90. But if someone wants to get super aggressive, and the same shit happened with Darius Baisley last year, where I said, I like this guy as a late round sleeper, maybe around 12. And then people started taking that on board. And in mock drafts, he was going around nine. There's no way that I would take him there. There's just no point in taking that. There is not a player that you have to leave your draft without. It's just not a thing that happens. So if someone else takes Derek White at pick 70, I'll go, ah, I would hope he would have fallen, but that's fine. Someone else grab him. There is no such thing as a must draft player. I must have this guy. I must leave my draft with this player. It's not how it works. And the same with do not draft players. Mate, I am never, ever touching Yusuf Nurkic again. Okay. Christos Porzingis, I'm never drafting that bum. Okay. You can say all these things, but they're just not things that are grounded in reality. Now, if you want to... Oh, of course, when we say do not draft, we mean do not draft at ADP. We'll say that then, right? Because if Porzingis' ADP is 20, it won't be. But if it is 20, yeah, you don't want to pick him there. But if he ends up at 55, yeah, yeah, I'm, a, I'm on board. Nurkic's ADP is end, ends up at 80. Yeah, if he is at 20, then no, I'm not going to make the mistake last year. Although I do think that Yusuf Nurkic might be pretty good this year as well. Um, we'll see how that all comes out. But um, yeah, if his ADP is high, then... Okay, we avoid it, but it's not like, oh, last year he's just injured so much, so I can't possibly draft him this year. It's a complete bullshit mindset to head into a draft. You will not win with that mindset. You just won't. Weekly versus daily changes. This is important to note. Daily changes league, you set your lineup every day. Weekly, you set it at the start of the week. Quite obviously, that's what the names mean. But the way that you approach a draft has to be a bit different. If you're in a weekly lineup league and there are players who... Maybe it's like Christos Porzingis. Maybe it's going to be like someone who's going to be missing time due to uh, to, to injury uh, or guys that get banged up and, and miss games quite often. Jaron Jackson, Robert Williams, Jonathan Isaac, who might miss back-to-backs early on in the season. In a weekly league, it's really hard to they lock them into their lineup. Oh, the Magic got four games, then Isaac plays two. So those guys' values drop down. More consistent players who play every single game and don't sit out a lot of this time, you know, they will have more value in a weekly situation. Whereas in a daily changes league, you've got the ability to put those guys in for those days. Now, it's not ideal, but you still get that value. But on those two games that Isaac sits out of the four for the week, you put one of your bench guys in. And while you might not get 100% of his production, you might get 70%. So the value increases a little bit in that scenario. Injury-prone players, you know my thoughts on this. If a player enters the season with an injury, they're very hard to draft. Kawhi Leonard, not someone I'd bother drafting. Maybe he's on my do not draft list. The headmaster, Jamal Murray. I'm not going to be drafting him. Victor Oladipo, not interested in him where he comes back. Just all those guys who enter the season with an injury. Yeah, I'd be pretty skeptical about a Pascal Siakam, for example. I'd be pretty hesitant with drafting a Clay Thompson, who I don't think will be ready to start the season. Markel Fultz, you know, I, I, I worry, Tom Bryant, I worry about those guys. But in terms of looking at players and go, well, he missed so much time last year. 
he killed me. Jaron Jackson, man, he never came back from injury. Does that make him injury prone or does it mean he had knee surgery? It means he had knee surgery. Um, yeah, who else are we looking at? Yeah, Yusuf Nurkic, another one. A lot of injuries last year. That doesn't mean that he's going to be injured this year. But we get it into our head that I'm not, they go onto that not draft, do not draft player list because they're injury prone. And injury proneness, as I say all the time, you know what I'm going to say, but you're only injury prone until you're not. And the same thing goes the other way around. You're an Iron Man until you get hurt. Damian Lillard didn't miss a game for five years and now he misses like seven or eight a year, which is not a huge amount. Russell Westbrook didn't miss a game for five seasons. And now you have to be worried every single time he's out there because he's near his quad's going to blow up. Brooke Lopez missed like two full seasons. And then he played like 82 games and he plays like every game now pretty much. Uh, Al Horford. Nah, man, no way I'm drafting him. He just, he misses too many games. Well, that was because he was on the Thunder. Uh, uh, the Celtics will be cautious with him, but he's not going to sit half a year when he's playing in Boston. He still might have some injuries and he still miss some time most likely, but it won't be the same. So understanding that definition and not using that to judge you know, everything. You know, someone that has consistent problems with the same body part all the time, then you worry about that. Porzingis and his knee is a pretty good example there. You do worry about that. But someone who breaks their hand and then gets a concussion and then twists their ankle, it's just shit luck. And it's not something that you can really plan for. Percentage changes. Now, this is when someone has a really down year or someone has a surprise breakout, a large portion of the time is because they had wild changes in their percentages. And last year, there were a lot of players last year who had some crazy shooting seasons, like shooting 47% from three. Like there was a number of guys who shot out of their ass. Like if we look, Tony Snell shot 57% on threes last year. Joe Harris shot 47%. That's a high number for Harris even. But yeah, he's a good shooter. Marcus Morris, for example, shot 47% on threes. I would not expect that to continue. So if there's a big drop off there, which there could be, his numbers drop way down. Bob Portis, punch Bob. He shot 47 on his threes as well. And he had value for an inexplicably long amount of time. But is he a 47% three-point shooter? Because if that drops to 38, then his value drops a lot. Same goes with wild free throw changes. Kelly Oubre went from like a 78 guy to like, I think a 70% free throw shooter. And in large part, because he was unhappy. If he's happy in Charlotte, that comes back up. So value can be found from players having outlier poor shooting seasons, whether it's from the line, from two or from three, or players who might end up being busts, the guys who had big years last year based on outlier shooting seasons, whether that was those numbers were too high. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. shot 45% from three. Maybe that falls off. Reggie Jackson shot 43% from three. Maybe that falls off. Bogdanovich, Bogdan, 44% from three. Um, I'm trying to look at some other guys that had some really high three-point shooting seasons. Zach Levine, 42. Man, maybe he can keep that up. Gordon Haywood, 42% from three. Like uh, Evan Fournier, 41%. This stuff can fall off and really impact what they do. And lastly, let's talk about reaching in drafts. This is very important if you are picking at pick one or two or 11 or 12. So you pick at one or two, and then you don't pick again to pick 24 and 25. All right, that's not as important in those first rounds. But then you pick at 24-25 and you don't pick again until 48-49. So there's, if there's a guy that you want who is likely to be a 36-ranked player and he fits what your team does and he fits with the player you took, took earlier and he, you know he's not going to be there at 48, yeah, reaching is okay. You don't have to draft everyone at ADP. 
Because if their ADP is 36 and you're picking at 25 and 48, then guess what? You don't actually have a chance of drafting that guy. And maybe he's the perfect player because as I've established lots of times, the value difference between players in those mid rounds is so negligible. And it's based on me projecting what I think they might do. But one thing goes off. They, if they shoot their threes three percentage points better and they jump 10 spots automatically. So it's very, very far from an exact science. In my projections at the moment, the difference between player one, unnamed player, and player five, unnamed player, is the same as the difference between player five and player 12, which is then the same as the difference between player 12 and player 31, which is then the difference between player 31 and player 71. So it is very much a pointy end, big differential. Then everyone just switches in. And then between, between 71 and... 124, it's the same difference. So between one and five, five players difference in their overall value versus literally half of your draft pool, it's the same difference. So when you're picking at pick 108 and then your next selection is until 132, is that how it works? 109 and the next selection is not 100 until 132. If they, you want someone whose ADP is 128, take them. It's not that big of a deal to reach that far. Now, if you're picking at pick 60 and someone's ADP is 100, then I'll say, what are you doing? Like, that's a reach. But just, especially if you're on the turn, those reaches aren't as egregious as you might think they are. That'll do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. And I'm not sure if tomorrow I do a tips for auction draft show or if I do a free agency winners and losers complete wrap up, who your team gained, who your team lost. I think I might wait on that free agency one another day because we've got guys like Josh Hart, Hamadou Diallo, Dennis Schroeder. They're still out there and they can still have an impact. They're probably the three main uh, rotation guys who are still out there, but we we'll, we'll, might, might wait on those players. We might do a uh, how, to, uh, how to dominate an auction draft type scenario. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Hit thumbs up, leave your comments down below. Hit the notification bell, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.